pray right now. Lord, we thank you that you chose to come to be with us that Christmas Eve, Lord, that Christmas night 2,000 years ago. And Lord, that you bridged that gap between heaven and earth. And Lord, you came and you became one with us. And so, Lord, Lord, we stand here, Lord, expectantly, Lord. We're expectant, Lord, to receive your life, to receive your joy this Christmas Eve. Lord, you never disappoint. Lord, you are everything that we need, absolutely everything we need. Our salvation and our life, our purpose, our future. We thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. You may be seated, everyone. Thank you. Thanks. Are you going to hang around, are you? You're going to move on. You can stay there, please. That'd be great. What pleasure it is I have tonight, today to actually share with you around the Word of God in this wonderful season that we have at Christmas time when we celebrate the coming of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Saviour, the, the true God of true gods, the one who has a name above every other name, our Jesus. And we can rejoice because He has chosen us, us, men, women, boys and girls, He has chosen us to come and dwell and live within us. And today I want to actually look at the story of that first coming of Jesus when he chose to come and be born. He was given to our beautiful Mary and she was a beautiful young lady who was willing to receive the blessings that God had for her. Are you like Mary? Are you willing? Are you ready? Are you expectant to receive what God has for you? Because God is looking for expectant hearts. So is your heart expectant? Don't sit like this before God and go, no, I don't trust my God. Let's be those who cast aside those beliefs, those opinions that have been given to us by the world that our God is a harsh and cruel God. But our God isn't a God who is harsh. Our God is a God of love. The Apostle John says, God is love. And the reality is that all the love in this world comes from God. And He has actually created us in His image to be those who can carry His love. Are you willing to be that person, to receive His love and then give His love? That's the call that God has on our lives. And that, ver that, the, that time when the angel came, he came to Mary to actually bring her good news. And we know the Christmas story about how the angel came to her. And we read this in Luke 1, 35 to 38. We read this. It says, Then the angel replied to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you like a cloud. For that reason, the holy, it's pure and sinless child, shall be called the Son of God. And listen, even your relative Elizabeth has also conceived a son in her old age. And she who was called barren is now in her sixth month. For with God, nothing is or ever shall be impossible. Church, we have a God who has done the impossible. And I will come back to that point in a minute. Then Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. And the angel left her. 
Are you willing to actually stand before God and receive what he has for you? Like Mary did and say, Lord, I am your servant. Let it be done to me according to your word. And the word of God says that when we call upon him, he will actually come in and dwell within us. You and me can actually have the very spirit of God living within us. As Mary, that first, in that first Christmas time, the, the child of Jesus was conceived in her womb by the Holy Spirit. The promise is that for us, we too can receive the Holy Spirit and have the very Spirit of God living within us, the very essence of Jesus Christ dwelling within us. But we need to have the expectant heart. Now, this point here about for God, for God, nothing is impossible. It is, stop and consider this, that the very creator of the whole universe he created everything. And we know that our universe continues to expand. Scientists look out there, it's expanding. And why is it expanding? Because the Word of God is never-ending. And it's creating, the, continues to create the universe to this very day. From the first day of creation, when He spoke the world and the universe into existence, it, that Word continues on. This Word is a Word of life. This is a Word that, is, that, that, that does the impossible. When you receive the Word of God into your life, it can do the impossible. It turns us around. And the amazing thing, the, what we consider to be impossible, is that we would consider that, what, me, a lowly sinner? You don't know what I've done. You know, how could God come and be with me? This is my God who does the impossible. Because when He comes in, He actually comes in and He washes us clean. Because He came as our Saviour. And his word said, and again, his word just continues to work into all eternity. And that is that without the, without the sacrifice of blood, there is no remission of sin. There's no way that our sins can be forgiven. And God chose Jesus to come to the world to die in our place. So his blood was shed instead of mine, that mine and your sins can be forgiven. This is the God of the impossible. So are you ready to receive God? Is your heart expectant? Or are you sitting back and going, I don't know, I don't know. Can I tell you, can I implore to you right now that this is a decision that affects eternity for your life? Because our life is, is so short. I'm in my mid-60s now and I can, how can it be? The clock is ticking so fast, isn't it, Pastor Phil and Pastor Julie? It clicks around here. And soon, you know, when I was a child, I was taught, yes, it is said for us how long we should live. 70 years, they said. Wow, that's around the corner, isn't it? You know, and some of us have gone past it. But I know that eternity waits for me. That this life is not everything. That life goes on forever and ever. And today, a decision, an expectant heart for God's goodness to come into my life is the deciding factor that decides our eternity. And it came because Jesus came to this world that Christmas so many years ago. In Mary, in her reception of it, she went and saw her beautiful cousin Mary, cousin Elizabeth, who was carrying a child. Here is a lady who everyone said that she was barren. Can I tell you, it doesn't matter what time of your life you are, whether you're young or you're old, God is willing to come and invade your life when you're willing to receive him. And Elizabeth was, 
Elizabeth was a beautiful, faithful servant of God. Her, her husband was a man who served in the house of God. And their faithfulness, God bless them for their faithfulness. And she says this when Mary comes into her presence. In Luke 1, 42 to 45, it says, Blessed, worthy to be praised, are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. This is talking about Jesus. And how has it happened to me that the mother of my Lord would come to me? Elizabeth had a prophetic word. She could, not only did she see that her cousin Mary was expectant, but she understood that she was actually carrying the, her own saviour, the very one who would take away her sins. And we need to be like Elizabeth and understand it's Jesus and Jesus alone that is our Lord and Saviour who can take away our sins and give us eternal life. For behold, when the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. It leapt for joy. And this is the John the Baptist, even as a child, spirit to spirit, he understood that he sensed the spirit of Jesus Christ and his spirit leapt. And this tells us that for us, Scripture says God is spirit and we shall know God by spirit. It's not just up here, but it's in the very center of our being, our spirit, that we have a relationship and understand that God is God. And if you've never asked Jesus to come into your life, can I tell you, Scripture says that without Jesus, we're spiritually dead. And we need to have life, new life. Scripture says we must be born again. And that's talking about a spiritual birth, that our spirit comes alive and we like... The, the, the baby, the infant in the womb of John the Baptist can actually say, I know God. I know my Savior. This is the promise of Scripture that we can know God intimately, personally, by our spirit. How beautiful is that? And it says, And blessed, spiritually fortunate, and favored by God is she who believed and confidently trusted that there would be a fulfillment of the things that were spoken to her by the angels sent from the Lord. Here she is talking to Mary. Mary was expectant. She received what God had for her. I don't know how long... There's people in this room here that some of you have walked with God for many years. Some of you, it's just the beginning of the road of your journey for Jesus. And some of us in this room may never actually walk with him. But we do need to actually be those who actually put aside our plans, what we want to do, and actually say, God, you created me. You formed me in my mother's womb. The scripture says he actually, actually knew me before I even was in my mother's womb. So we are spiritual beings that have been allowed to live on this earth in these fleshly bodies. And yet God has a plan for us before you were even thought of by your parents. God thought about you. And today is a day that we need to make a decision and say, I want to, I want to live my life the way that God wants me to live. His purposes, His plans. And He has wonderful plans for each and every one of us. I gave my heart to the Lord to Jesus in the 12th of July, 1974. 49 years ago, 50 years for me. And yet God has been so faithful. I've walked through some, gone through some highs, 
been on the mountaintops and I've been in the valley. And sometimes I've just stayed in the valley and had to walk through the valley for so, so seasons. But God has walked with me faithfully. His spirit was within me. And his spirit has given me peace and joy that passes all understanding. And I hope that that's your testimony as well. And if it isn't, and if you don't know Jesus, this is the promise of the, the Christmas season, to receive the joy of God, the joy of salvation. Now, Mary, when she received Jesus, she goes into song. Hallelujah. And we've been doing some beautiful singing and praising God. And Mary's, her response to Elizabeth is written. Scripture says it's a song. In Luke 4, 46 to 53, we read, And Mary said, oh, let's say, Mary sang. My soul magnifies and exalts the Lord. And my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. For he has looked with loving care on the humble state of his maidservant. For behold, from now on all generations will count me blessed and happy and favored by God. What a rejoice, what a celebration that she had within her spirit. For he who is mighty has done great things for me. And holy is his name to be worshipped in his purity, majesty, and glory. And his mercy is upon generation after generation. Dearly beloved saints, everyone in this room, she's talking about us, you and me, about the generations. It says, generation after generation, towards those who stand in great awe of God and fear him. His mercy is towards us when we stand in awe of God. And trust him. This is Mary's song. She prophesied this over you and me. She prophesied it. This is the word of God for us. He has done mighty deeds with his powerful arm. He has scattered those who are proud in the thoughts of their heart. He has brought down rulers from their thrones and exalted those who are humble. Today, are you humble or are you proud? The Apostle John says there's three things that trip us up. It's the pride of life, the lust of the eyes, and the lust of the flesh. And when Jesus hung on the cross, he took away the punishment for those sins. But the things that you can, which will stop you receiving the blessing of God is the pride of life. The pride of life. The Pharisees and the Sadducees, the very men who were walking around saying they were men of God, didn't see Jesus for who he was, that he had come to be their Messiah. Their pride stood in the way. They didn't see it. They didn't see it because of their pride. Is there pride within you? If there's pride, can I ask you right now, today is the day to put your pride aside and humbly become, come before Jesus and receive him and everything that he's done for you. This, this Christmas... We need to actually be like Mary and actually make a declaration that my soul, I've got it, you got that varied version up there for me? Thank you. The next slide. This is something that we can say with Mary. My soul magnifies and exalts the Lord and my spirit has rejoiced in my God, my Saviour. For... He has looked with loving care on the humble state of his maid, girls and maid servants or servants, we're servants. For behold, from now on, all generations will count us blessed and happy and favored by God. Let's stand with Mary and declare the goodness of God and know that the, 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 
the saints of old are now witnessing us here on earth. You know, the great saints, the great apostles that knew Jesus and walked with Jesus and ministered with him, they're no longer on this world. But we are. The scripture says that we are saints when we actually receive Jesus Christ. We are the ambassadors of God. And we can actually live a life that's actually above our own ordinary life. Because we can be moved by the Holy Spirit and God will guide us. And there was days when you speak and the words of God come out and life comes out. When others are in despair, you are the ones who bring hope. You are the one who lifts up. We don't pull down, we lift up. We praise. We reach out and pull those who are struggling up. We don't look down on them with, and with despise. We lift them up. We become the very presence of God. His Spirit has chosen to put His Spirit in our flesh and body. 2,000 years ago, God came and took the form of mankind in the form of Jesus Christ. And the apostles thought, hang around with us. And he said, no, I need to go up back into, to heaven and sit again in heaven so I can actually send my Holy Spirit to be amongst you. There's now no separation from, for us from Christ Jesus. He is with us every single moment of the day. He chooses to dwell within the very center of our being, in our spirits as Christians. This is the, the joy that we have. There is no separation for those of us who are now in Christ Jesus. Have you got that joy? Maybe you've forgotten what God has done for you. Maybe years ago you gave your heart to Jesus. Can I say, come back to that place of understanding humbly and say, thank you, Jesus, what you did for me. You died on the cross for me. You came as a baby to become one with us. Oh, church, our Savior, Jesus Christ, he is one with us. He is one with us. He's not against us. He's for us. And he wants to live his life this Christmas through us. In the Passion Translation, Mary's song in 46 and 40, verse 46 and 40 to 48, she says this. It says, my soul is ecstatic. Are you ecstatic? Are you jumping for joy for what God has done? It's overflowing with praise to God. Overflowing. For he set his gaze on me. He's looking at every single one of us. And from here on, everyone will know that I have favor and bless. Can I get everyone to stand up? right across the room right now. Just close your eyes right across the room. Let me just pray for you. Lord God, I just thank you that you sent Jesus Christ to be one with us. And Lord, that your humble servant, Mary, she received that very gift for us, for mankind. She received your spirit into her body, Lord, that you could come and become one with us. And Lord, I just pray right now, right across this room, Lord, that every single person in this house, Lord, would have an expectancy of your good favor, that your spirit would come and rest upon them, Lord. For those that know you, Lord, I pray, Father God, that your spirit would rise up like a bubbling brook, Lord. And Lord, that any things that are bringing sorrow, Lord, Lord, that your joy would remove that sorrow, that we would be rejoicing this Christmas. And Lord, I just pray right now for those who don't know you. Lord, touch every single person in this house with your Holy Spirit.
Lord, let there be an understanding in this room, Lord, that nothing can separate us from the love of God because of the work of the cross. That Jesus died for every single one of us. And Lord, eternity waits for us in a beautiful package of salvation that brings new life, Lord, not for just the, the world to follow, Lord, but today, right now, here. Thank you, Jesus. Now, may I ask you, keep your eyes closed, everyone, please. If there's someone in this room and you've never asked Jesus into your heart, can I get you to put your hand up? You said, yes, Roger, I'd like to ask Jesus into my heart right now. I want to receive what you're talking about, the joy of salvation, the joy of the Spirit of God. Is there anyone here? Or maybe you've been away from God and you want to come back. Is there someone in the room right now and you want to come back to Jesus? You knew Jesus in the past, but you've wandered away. Today is a day that you can recommit your heart to Jesus. Or maybe there's people in this room here that you think you're a Christian, you hope you're a Christian, but you're not sure that you're a Christian. And you need the assurance of your salvation. Is anyone here who's in that place that you'd, you'd like that reassurance? Let's pray this prayer together, every single one. Dear Lord Jesus, this Christmas, we invite you into our heart. I make room for you and your Holy Spirit. Forgive me, Lord, for the things that I've done wrong. And I thank you, Jesus, that your blood shed on the cross is sufficient for me. So, Lord, be my Lord and my Savior. I thank you, Jesus, that I can rest in you. Thank you for eternal life and all the blessings of God. Amen. Amen. Wow, what a time to rejoice, church, for the beautiful work that God